All right, well, uh, good evening, everybody. Welcome to our midweek service. And, uh, you know, we had a great time last week with Fast Week, some powerful word going forth. And we're going to get back into proving, you know, um, where we're going to just walk through some of the things the Bible says, you know, um, you know, people that are leaders should, should first be proven, tried, and tested. Of course, we've been talking about in spiritual authority and some other things, and even in this class, how only the specially disciplined should be given authority or put in certain positions and offices. And it's not like a punishment. It's not like a disqualifier. But again, as much as we have a lot of zeal and, and we like to do things, when you take on levels of leadership and guidance, and it's a responsibility. It's, it's bigger than uh, a look or a style or um, props or I'm in the in crowd. It's a responsibility. And people look past the responsibility because they want to grow in the attention. But every level of attention requires a level of responsibility. And so here at Heirs Christian Center Church, we're equipping heirs for the kingdom of God. We're trying to offer what we all need ahead of time, advanced information, so we're equipped to be in the positions that God is trying to take us to. Once again, people... Most people that you have seen fallen, they didn't fall the day you saw them. They fell in preparation. Uh, some people fall in preparation because they don't think it takes all that. A lot of people fall in preparation because they get to a point where they get some levels of successes and they start to go, oh, that's enough, and they abort the preparation that's needed for where they're going. They only take on a little bit of the preparation for where they presently are at the time. And, and some people just don't believe God is going to take them where they're going. As much as they, you know, you have people that always talk about their calling and things of that nature. But mo most people on the inner man, they don't really, you know, I mean, you don't know that you know that you know. And so you're second guessing it. So some people just rush into, I'll take that, as opposed to really embracing all that God has for us. So with that in mind, today we're going to talk a little, we're going to, we're going to get into presumption and overconfidence. But before we get into that test, we'll just, let's talk about the um, just people that are unproven. We're talking about proven. Let's talk about people that are unproven. The unproven build faulty platforms. That's the dangerous thing about being unproven. They, they're still going to build a platform, but it's a faulty platform. So when you hear the word faulty, something that's faulty is having a built-in weakness. So, 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 so we all can build, but some people are going to build solid platforms or solid foundations, and some people are going to build faulty platforms. Again, faulty is having a built-in weakness. So at the right level of pressure, it's going to crack, you know, a fault, right? It's going to crack. And see, so what happens is as soon as we appoint ourselves, as soon as we start appointing ourselves, the platform already has a built-in weakness. As soon as we appoint ourselves, because, see, to appoint ourselves, we've skipped something. You know, we skipped something. See, again, so that platform is basically a make-believe platform. You know, just selling that, that you know, th th that's when an individual settles for just any platform because they don't believe God will resurrect them. They, no one, they're, gonna, they're not going to wait on God to resurrect them. See, that takes faith and believing, and, and I'm not in control. I'd rather... Uh, uh, put my hands and my might on it. 
right? You know, the scripture says, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And again, this is just, we're going to get into some scripture, so this is not to put anything, anybody down. Some people create faulty platforms because they don't know. Some people, because their zeal is greater than their ability to see. So sometimes your zeal takes you in places that your blindness won't allow you to recognize you're not ready for, right? Sometimes your zeal takes you in places that your blindness won't allow you to recognize you're not ready for. So some people get into their, get into these, uh, these places and experience pain and heartache and uh, mishap, and then it's now I don't want to bounce back because I blew it the last time. Well, no, nah, you, you can bounce back. You blew it the last time because you were zealous and you were impatient. Now just strengthen yourself and get, you know, and become a lot more patient. Trust God at another level. All right? We're going to have to trust God. We either trust him now or <laughs> trust him when it's harder, when you're getting through a crisis, okay? Let's look here at 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10. Of course, we always go to the scripture. Just I'll, I'll stop by, you know, you, you're driving by down the road. We'll stop by this house, uh, verse 12, on the way to verse 17. You know, we go, we're going to verse 17, but since we're on the road, we just stop by and see how verse 12 is doing. It says, for, for we dare not make ourselves of the number, conformity there, or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. Ooh. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise, right? So we just was going to stop by the house. That wasn't where we were going. We're going to now go to the, to, to the address that we were going to, and that's verse 17, right? Verse 17 says this. It says, but he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Look, verse 18. For not he that commendeth himself, there he goes again, is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. Not he who commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. But so that means I will have to wait for the Lord to commend me, right? As opposed to jumping to commend myself and approving myself, right? Right. So it's virtually impossible to have a genuine ministry when living a counterfeit life. It's virtually impossible to have a genuine ministry when living a counterfeit life. You know, counterfeit is something that's not authentic. It's not genuine, right? And again, but, but you know, some people purchase things with counterfeit money, don't they? Right? You know, because, you know, some people are too busy to pay attention that it's counterfeit. They actually have uh, training for if you're cashiers and if you work in banks and how you operate so you can you know, check stuff out to see if it's authentic or not. But how many know some people show up lazy, lazy that day and they be like, man, it's probably cool, <laughs> you, know, you know, but it's counterfeit, right? Well, God doesn't operate that way. God ain't lazy. <laughs> God's always checking to see if it's genuine. Not as a, see, again, let's, 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 let's look at this. Not to bust us out. Not to, aha, I got you. No, to go, hey, I got to check to see if you're going in, the, in harm's way. Because if you go in the harm's way, you won't just harm yourself, you'll harm others along the way. All right? And, and, and I, love, I love my children. I want to keep them protected, right? All right, so let's look here at Luke 14. Let's go here at Luke 14. Again, just spending some time we're talking about how, you know, since we're talking about proving some of the the challenges people that are unproven 
uh, when we're unproven, what we go through, you know, um, whether it's intentional or not, you know, no one should have to go through this. I, I, I know of a, uh, you know, a really talented man of God, just uh, was making some decisions, it's kind of off. The first thing came on my, my mouth, I said, man, I, would, I wouldn't wish that on nobody. The level of blindness you have to be in to make a choice that could crumble everything you work for. I don't wish that on nobody. That's not a, yeah, I'm glad that happened. No, that's not. That's, that's a sad that that happened because it takes a lot to get to certain levels. And this is the thing. I learned this years ago. Yes, it's hard to get to a dream, but it's even harder to have touched a dream and fallen from it. Very few people bounce back. That's why you have to be so sure in the process because to, to obtain a level yeah, now, 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 if we do it this way, you know, you know, if I if if I get out get out of balance in my life at this level and I fall, look, I, I mean, I ain't, I ain't even feel nothing, you know. If I get out of balance in my life at this level, I mean, little jolt, but I ain't feel nothing. If I'm on the top of the roof, I get out of balance. What do you think is gonna happen? <laughs> We're going to break something, and some, some, some people in the room are going to die. <laughs> For real. Some people, going, some people will break their neck. Some people will bust their heads, right? But imagine you was in like a helicopter. Uh, we had a wonderful testimony. The young man came to our house today. He was in a helicopter. He got bombed in Afghanistan and uh, hit the ground. He was, uh, I think he had went out in a coma, but he had a stroke. So he was... He was he was, what, out for like three months? It was like three months or whatever. Couldn't walk, talk, or nothing. So he appreciates every word he's allowed to say. He appreciates being able to call his mom. You know, we had a wonderful conversation. I mean, it was, it was powerful. This week was, you know, we had people coming to our house to do some things, but, but it was ministry, you know, giving away stuff, like sowing into people's lives, and Lord blessing us. It was just phenomenal. And so, 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 so just keep this in mind, like, God doesn't want us to fall from that high elevation. So sometimes, sometimes if we're out of balance, God may nudge us. Just so we fall and then reset ourselves. So when we get back up to this level, we're on balance. We can't just get knocked off of where we are. You know, it's something that we always teach basketball players. You got somebody who can play, you know, what you want to do is get them off his balance. You know, you teach players to have a core, you know, so, so when they're making their move, somebody bump them, you can still go into your move. But, if, but if, you don't, if you don't have your core is not solid, somebody bump you, they knock you off your move, you may still take the shot, but now you're out of balance. You don't have everything aligned to complete the task. And the adversary, that's what he tries to do. He tries to get, get us, you know, he's hoping we're out of balance so he can knock us off. But God's trying to get us in balance and hopefully um, what we're learning about proving to help us. So Luke 14, and uh, um, yeah, I forgot what version this is. This may be, this may be. Amplified, I'm just not sure. Starting with verse 7. 
It says, uh, uh, it says, and he put forth a parable to those that were bidden when he marked how they chose the chief rooms. Zeal. They all, everybody chose to, I want to be up front, right? I got to be first. I got to be first. What about me? What about me? Nobody's looking at me, right? It says, when he, when he marked how they chose the chief rooms, saying unto them, when thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, it says, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man, a person that's gen- genuinely prepared, male or female, then thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee, and he that bade thee and come and say to thee, give this man place. So now you forfeited a position or a platform because you weren't prepared and they were. And it says, and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. And when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room. So, so again, now you have to begin again. You have to be willing to go through the process. No accolades or credentials. It says that when he that bade thee cometh, he may say to thee, friend, one that I trust, go up higher beyond the level you expected. Then shall thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, made low. And he that humble himself shall be exalted, experience resurrection. So you see, 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 again, he was saying that you got, he, he was just amazed how everybody was jockeying for position to be up front, but wasn't gauging it whether they were ready for what they wanted. They were gauging, gauging it just based on what they wanted, right? They didn't, preparation wasn't considered, so they didn't look at what they wanted and go, let me get prepared. They looked at what they wanted and ran for it, right? And he was like, whoa, 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 well, listen, listen. When you have an opportunity, don't be jumping to try to get in position because you may not be ready for that. And then somebody that's ready is going to come and take it. You're going to get hurt because now you got embarrassed because you got pulled down from a level. When you could just organically grow to levels that you're supposed to go to. And one thing is I've, I've always said in my life, I never want to be at a level I'm not ready for. So I never pushed. I never, I never rushed pastoring. I never rushed ministry. Every, every promotion, I got somebody promoting me because I never wanted to be as something that was going to be temporary. So I'd rather deal with the humility on the front end. <laughs> and then when I get to a place, I'm going to stay at that place and elevate from that point, right? And so here you have in verse 12, we'll, we'll go to verse 12. It says, then said he also to them that bade him, when thou maketh a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and, and a recompense be made thee. So in other words, don't just be calling, you know, like sometimes we just do stuff and we try to get the familiar people, the familiar people going to ask for something. You're right? But look, it says, it says, but when thou maketh a feast, call the poor. Call the maimed, call the lame, call the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot rec- recompense thee. For thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection or at elevation of the just. And so what he was saying is, as you're traveling through your process of preparation, don't just do for people that you know can do for you. Do for people that can't do nothing for you. 
and let God reward you with elevation, right? And verse 15, it says, And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread, gets fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So he's like, so, so your focus is the, the kingdom fulfills me more than the world. See, we're looking for the world to quench our thirst. There's nothing in the world that's designed to quench your thirst. It can't do it. It just makes you thirsty. Just like, you know, like, you know... Whatever, it could be lust, it could be whatever, it all makes you thirsty. All right, so uh, now we have uh, Luke 14, we read 15. Drop down to verse 25, Luke 14, verse 25, 25 to 31. It says, there was a great multitude with him, and he turned and said unto them, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. It says, whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my, my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and count of the cost whether he have sufficient to finish it. Lest happily after he has laid the foundation, again, we talk about that solid foundation, right? And it is not able, and not able to finish it, all that behold it began to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king goeth to make war against another king, sitteth not down first, and consulteth whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. Right? So what is he saying? He says, okay, he's, he's breaking this down. He says, like, you, the cost for elevation is, is, it's almost as if you hate everything around you. Familiarity, family, mother, father, sister, brother, props. You already talked about trying to get elevation. Everything is all about focusing on the kingdom and whatever the preparation is. He says, now, you say you want something, but have you really counted the cost of what it takes? You know, just like people say they want to get married, right? But have you really counted the cost of what it takes to be married? Like marriage is not just, I got a, a, a doll. I get a new doll. I get a toy. No, 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 no. It's a whole lot more than that. It's a, it's, it's a, and it's all about giving of yourself, not what you get. So, so, so before you come to courtship, before you come to premarital, before you even entertain that relationship, because you know you don't date just to date, right? You date with the possibility that this is being your husband and wife. Otherwise, if you're not dating for that purpose, you're setting that person up for failure, ain't you? Cut. Oh, we don't get no amens. Amen. Any other time we got amen, I get no amen. You are. You're setting other person up because if I'm just dating just to date. You know, I just need some companionship today. So you're teasing that person. Right? They're an accessory, right? I can't hear you. <laughs> right? All right, so, so, so what's the matter? We good? All right, so, so, so this is saying before you do anything, count the cost. See, count the cost, right? Because there's a cost involved to live this life. When I walk down that aisle, there's a cost involved. Now, it's, it, now it's, the return is phenomenal, but it is a cost. Like, nobody gets fulfilled at their convenience. It just doesn't happen. If you live most of your life at your convenience, don't look for fulfillment. Look for frustration. It's coming. Because you don't get fulfillment at your convenience. It costs something, right? We good? 
All right, verse 33. It says, so likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. So he summed it up with, look, don't be running at the head seat. Don't be so busy trying to, to drag along the traditions and the familiarity of family just to be comfortable, right? Don't, you can't put that before me, right? He says, and recognize there's a cost. And the cost, like, like okay, so if you go out to a war, because he used the king, you go out to a war, like, if there's a battle, you ain't playing PlayStation? Hold on, hold on, man. Let me get to this level first. Somebody's life is on the line. And guess what? Lives are on the line right now. Right? All creation waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, waiting for some of us to just pray daily. There's a, there's a person in our fold, all they got to do is pray daily. A lot of stuff will stop happening. Suppose you were the person that God designed to, 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 to be Elijah. Uh, uh, okay, wait, Elijah prayed, there was no rain, right? And then prayed for the rain. But was it Elijah and them, or was it Elijah him? It was Elijah, right? Uh, was it Joshua stopped the sun? Did the sun just affect Joshua? He stopped the sun, and they were able to, they were able to gather. So that one person had an effect. Suppose you, you're, you're the missing link. When we talk about guy talk, the missing piece. You looking around, I don't understand why this is happening. See, see. If God was there, this wouldn't be happening. How about you being in place? How about all the stuff that you've gone through is because you're the chosen one, and, and the devil knows if he gets you, we all going to suffer. You ever thought about that? You looking around, how about nobody's coming? You're the one. All right, so let's go to Romans 2, right? Again, that's why that, we need to embrace this process that we're in because a lot of times it's on us and there's more lives to a state than, man, I could have got that job. I was a little more disciplined. Could have got that promotion. No. All of us could have got promotions if you was more disciplined because you'd have been in place and you'd have been interceding and praying. All of us could have got our healing because you was in place and you was praying. You're looking around going, oh, that's, that's for the special people. That would include you, a royal priesthood, a royal royal priesthood, holy nation, special people. You're looking around, it's you. We waiting on you. (laughs) All right, so so, so, uh, Romans 2, verse 16. It says, in that day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel, right? According to my good news. If you drop down here, verse 29. It says, but he that is a Jew, which is one, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So what it's saying is, as we're going through this proving, this test, this test is testing what's going on inside. See, he, he said, he, many people were claiming to be Jews, but he's saying, oh, no, you ain't a Jew because you... You, 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 you wore a star. You ain't a Jew because you was birthed into a family. You're a Jew based on the circumcision of your heart. See, you're proven based on what's going on in your heart. And that's the thing. God looks at the heart, not the presentation. 
Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you can fool me, possibly. I just throw the possibly, and I'm going to make no negative confessions, you know, walk around like a big doofus or something, you know. But, but realistically, I have been fooled. But you can't fool God. <laughs> Promotion comes from who? God. Right? Not from the east, west, or the south. Promotion comes from the above. That's above. That's Psalm 75. So God easily recognizes what we call the theorist, the theorist or the logician. Right? The theorist or the logician. You know, you got theorists and the practices. Theorists is just a whole lot of ideas and concepts that never get no ground, never get no momentum. You know, I was listening to this uh, billionaire uh, that, that uh, we, we, we met and we know as uh, Peter Daniels. Uh, he owns a gold and silver bank. So somebody was talking to him about books and, uh, and uh, Napoleon Hill that wrote uh, Think and Grow Rich. He said, yeah, I know him. He says, yeah, you know, because he's older. He's, I don't know, he might be 90 now or something. He said, yeah, uh, Napoleon Hill, he's a theorist. He said, he ain't do nothing in his books. He just gathered the information from other people. <laughs> he said, but he ain't do none of that stuff. <laughs> he, said, he, he, said, he said, he's a straight theorist. And see, so, so theorists are, again, what we call logicians um, and, and, and logic. You look at the word logic and think of the word magician. <laughs> Merge them together, you have a logician, <laughs> right? And so they're, they're good at talking. You know, if, if you look at, uh, uh, give you an example here. Because, you know, some people are very good, uh, some of us are very good communicators, and some of us have been very good actors over the years. You know, I mean, I was in a situation, somebody gave me some bad news, I didn't know how to act, so I acted. I didn't know what, I, I didn't know what to do, because I, I didn't know how to feel, I didn't know how to laugh, I didn't know how to cry, you know, so I, I was like, okay, on TV they did this, so, you know, I had this uh, bottle of, uh, I don't know, it was uh, vitamins or something. I threw it against the wall. You know, show my emotions, you know. So, <laughs> so, so, so if you was watching from back then, you'd be like, man, he's really feeling this. <laughs> but, but if you was on this side, you'd be, I'd be like, hope that works. Hope that got over. <laughs> y'all laughing at me, but y'all done did some special things. Come on, we we can grow y'all. We can have a line that have a healing line. We can have a uh, come clean line. Y'all can tell all the little stories that I told, all the little games that I played. <laughs> right. So 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 that logician. I mean, there, it's a lot of theatrics involved. But look here, Proverbs eighteen two. It says, "A fool has no delight in understanding." Right. It says, "But that his heart may discover itself." So, 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 the, the fool is just talking to hear himself. That sounds good. <laughs> but, but, but the wise is trying to understand, so I got to hear you. I got to find out what I don't know, not try to prove what I do. I got to take in what I don't have already, not try to defend what I have already. Because what I have has got me to the point that I'm trying to grow from, Right? Because right now, if, if I just stop at the information I have, all I'll ever have is what I got already. Yeah, I know I ain't just talking about me, right? Yes, sir. So for me to get beyond what I have already, 
what I'm dealing with already, guess what? I got to take in more wisdom. And I'm not getting that from me. Me has been getting me in trouble. Right? I'm sitting here as a representative from some folk that just declined not to come to the mic and speak and embarrass themselves. So I decided to speak for them, you know. And so what they told me to tell you is me has been getting myself in trouble. <laughs> you know, just trying to help them out, you know. <laughs> so Proverbs 6, too, what? You're snared by the words of your mouth, right? And so basically, don't let your mouth write checks that your heart can't pay. Don't let your mouth write checks that your heart can't pay. See, a lot of times our mouth writes a whole lot of checks, but our heart be like, oh, 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 you ain't asked me before you said that? <laughs> oh, no, 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 I, no, 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 there's no way. Hope they don't ask you no questions because I can't answer them. <laughs> you know, you ever just open your mouth and then somebody start asking you questions, now you start an argument because you realize you was just talking and you was hoping that was enough to keep them off of you? You ever did that? Come on, let's, amen, hey, come on, let's go, let's get, get it going here. Keep the pastor pumped up. <laughs> Woo! Amen, pastor, I know what you're saying, brother. Right, come on, come on, y'all, where we at? <laughs> like, see, so you know how a magician is a master of illusion? You know, that, that's what they say, magicians are masters of illusion, right? The logician is a master of delusion. So you remember now, your illusion is it ain't real, right? It ain't real. When you get crossed over into delusion, you're defending something that ain't real. (laughs) It's already not reality. But now instead of you embracing the truth, you're defending the lie. It's delusion, right? Right, we don't want to do that, right? You'll get more detail about that whenever I get the book out. (laughs) It's a section in the book on that. All right, so basically you can't manipulate purpose, okay? So being true to preparation draws true purpose platform. You can't manipulate purpose. Being true, being true to preparation draws true purpose platform, right? You, You just can't get around. None of us, we can't get around it, right? All right, so the scripture says in Job chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Happy is the man whom God corrected, therefore despise not the chastening of the Almighty. So what it's basically saying is God is going to, his correction is not punking you, it's proving you. It's not belittling you, it's proving you, right? Because it's trying to make sure you're, you have a genuine platform, right? And, you, and uh, Job chapter 7 talks about the daily, daily testing. Let me just go there real quick. Job, Job 7. Job 7, uh, 17. Job 7, 17. It says, what is man that thou should have magnified him and thou should have set thine heart upon him? So God is so mindful of us this is deep because I was just having this conversation with Zimane, right? He's so mindful of he set his heart to, upon us. And, and that thou shouldest visit him every morning. Look, and try him every moment. Look at this. It says, what is man that God set his focus on him, visits him every morning, 
consistently, right? At least attempts to, we'd be running, but, and tries him every moment. What is man? Man is very important to God. So God doesn't uh, get so caught up in keeping up that he ignores man. He's, every, he's mindful of his every move. It's so interesting. I was just talking to Zamein about that. I said, Zamein, I'll talk to you, not to get on you, but you got greatness. So my job is to assist you into that greatness so I'm mindful of everything you do. I'm not just blowing it off. Ah, that's just Zamein. Well, that's not helping. I'm not pacifying it. Oh, well, you know, kids will be kids. No, I have to look at how he is and customize what I offer to him for his design not based on what everybody thinks. This guy brought a, uh, some was uh, with me when I first started working at the church. Uh, his dad gave me this pile of information on his diagnosis. I didn't read it because I was like, I'm going to give him what God thinks he needs to become what he's supposed to become. And he became what he was supposed to be- become. But if I read the diagnosis, I'm playing off a baby in the diagnosis. The diagnosis is based on, based on the information that the doctors had. This is what we can come up with. But they didn't fearfully and wonderfully make that person. They're just going on the information they got. And y'all been in school, y'all paid attention to everything the teacher taught, to a T. Because if you would have said, yeah, I, I was going to start asking you some questions. I was going to ask you, what's, 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 what's eight exponent two? I ain't asked you. So I'm fine, I was just saying. Yeah. Look, they said no, they're going. <laughs> so somebody's closer to school than others. You should. <laughs> right. Oh. Oh, okay. I so so, but 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 I said that to say we don't always, we're not always dialed in. So you think the doctors was always dialed in just because they got doctor on them in front of their name? Yeah, I'm I'm not saying they're bad doctors. What I'm just saying is they're not God. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. All right, all right. So 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 God is mindful us all the time, right? And so so in His mindfulness. As he's been walking us through stuff, he's trying to prepare us and equip us because he sees, my wife was just saying this, like, you know, we'd be believing for something. And she was like, you know, God just be making sure we get the, 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 the best deal, right? You know, because it was something that was, it was like 6,100 and we ended up paying 3,600. And so that's it. Yeah, not only does he give us the best deals, but then he pays for it. It's almost like he's negotiating. He's like, nah, that's too much. So I'm going to give you a deal, and then I'll pay what I think is worth. <laughs> right? That's how he works it out, because he cares like that, right? And But God cares about our life the same way. He goes, nah, nah, that, that's going to kill you later. <laughs> That'll destroy you later. Oh, you will never be able to handle that fall. So I think you might want to get this. Oh, you're going to, okay, so, let's, so imagine believing for a husband. He shows up. You know how you get giddy when you find the one? <laughs> yeah, you start laughing at stuff, it ain't funny, you know. <laughs> you know, you, you know how you get all like that. All right, so, and then you're so busy giddy 
you don't, you don't realize you ain't prepared. And then the person walks away. You crushed. Now, so you see, you was already uh, struggling without the person, but now you're even struggling because the person was there and you see them. Like physically, you've interacted with your dream. Mm. And somebody, somebody about to run into that situation all because they sit around. See, you think your laziness is about, um, I just want to take a break today. No, your laziness is about the adversary trying to weaken you so you're not prepared to get fulfilled. When you're not fulfilled, it creates a void. When the void happens, we get thirsty for the world. Same system been going around over and over and over again. <laughs> we start drinking the world, we get more blinded, and then eventually he takes our lives. Same, same trick, different day, right? All right, so, so let's, let's, let's get, we talked about, um, we've been talking about proving, I gave you a little bit of information on on the results of being unproven. But let's get in, you know, I said we, I was gonna, we're going to weave in different tests. Let's talk about the presumptuous test. The presumptuous test, okay? And, and that word presumptuous, well, we'll get into it here in a second. But uh, uh, look at uh, Job chapter 1. Look, we just happen to be in Job. Job chapter 1, verse 1. It says, there was a man in the land of Oz, Uz, whose name was Job. That man was, oh, no, that, this can't be right because there's only one perfect person in the world, right? Something wrong with this. Hold on, hold on. I got to give me another Bible. Because this says, that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Am I reading the right thing in the Bible? Is that Job chapter 1, verse 1? Is that right? King James Version. Job chapter 1, verse 1. <laughs> no outbursts, please. That's why I was telling people to be silent in the church. These little outbursts across the room. <laughs> All right, verse 8. Look at this. And the Lord said unto Satan, Thou hast considered my servant Job that there is none like him in the earth. Look, here it goes again, just in case you missed it the first time. A perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and eschewed evil. Is, is that in the Bible or is not? All right, just making sure we plan attention. All right, none in the earth like him. Now, now, this is the thing, that perfection, which we'll get into here in a second, is a spiritual maturity, is a completeness, is, 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 is a completeness. But the reason why he was so highlighted is he didn't take his perfection for granted, which we'll, we'll, we'll get into here in a second. And so, so, so this is the thing. When God is talking about perfection, he's talking about learning to maintain character once perfection is attained. Maintain your character once perfection is attained. See, so a lot of times we grow to spiritual maturity um, but we don't maintain our character once we get there. We, you know, wipe our forehead like, whew. So the reality is this perfection is not, is not just something we reach, it's something we must keep. It's not just something we reach, it's something we must keep. All right? This perfection is not just something we reach, it's something we must keep. So when we say nobody's perfect, that might not be totally accurate. Very few people are maintaining this level of perfection is pretty accurate, <laughs> right? 
So, so, so that's why David said, Lord, keep me from presumptuous sins, right? In uh, Psalm, one, uh, Psalm 19, verse 14, keep me away from presumptuous sins. So David here was growing, remember, man after God's own heart, he was growing into spiritual maturity and perfection, but he didn't want to lose it. He didn't want to be overconfident with it, right? So what he did was he said, Lord, keep me away from being overconfident or, or presumptuous sins, right? No, interesting. Presumptuous is, is a sin, right? Then it said, keep me away from presumptuous sins, right? And so when you get to this level, when, you, when you're at this certain place, now that I've arrived at perfection or spiritual maturity, I have to be still and experience true salvation or wholeness, right? So, 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 so there's, there's a level where I arrive at a spiritual maturity, but now at that place, now I've got to be still, not get overconfident or nothing like that. I've got to be still and embrace the wholeness of the fullness of God. Scripture says, be still and know that I'm God. So I'm spiritually mature enough to know God, not spiritually mature enough to gloat over others. I'm spiritually mature enough to know God. This is just why Scripture says, fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Right? So just because we're awakened or spiritually mature doesn't mean we're whole. Just because we're awakened or spiritually mature doesn't mean we're whole. Remember, this young lady got healed. Jesus said, hey, hey. Uh, then he said, who did it? And she was like, it was me. The daughter that faith has made thee whole. There were some people he healed. He sent them away whole. See, that's a completeness. That, that's, that's bigger than just being mature. We have uh, people that are a certain level of maturity according to age and their lifestyle and their responsibilities in life. But, but again, is that person complete? Are they totally whole? So they're mature at a level, but they're not totally whole. There's other, so now, now see again, your, your kids are limited. There's certain things they can and cannot do, right? Your kids are limited. Certain things they cannot do. First of all, certain things they can't even see, certain things they don't have access to. Uh, Zemaine right now, he ain't going nowhere outside of this property for a long period of distance unless one of y'all drive him, right? So he's limited. He can get in trouble, but he has a, a, he has a, 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 a limited uh, boundaries in terms of where he can exercise his trouble, right? He can do great things, but he has a small space in which he can do them. He just can't go anywhere and do anything. But as he grows, he'll be able to as he matures, he'll be able to move to more places. So to move to more places, he'll still have the opportunity to do good or evil. He'll have opportunity to get to know God and walk by faith for himself, not just depend on his parent, right? So just because he's awakened, he sees outside of himself now. When he was a child, he spoke as a child, thought as a child, or he saw it was himself. Because he's older and he can see outside of himself, that doesn't mean he's whole. Now, based on what he sees, he has to make the right decisions to commune with God, to know God, be intimate with God, to become whole. Some people take that liberty as an occasion to the flesh. So they just matured to exercise more of the flesh, not to be in communion with God. Does that make sense? All right, just trying to, not trying to get deep, but just trying to... Um, Make sure the breadcrumbs are close together so it's easy for us to follow God into his revelation. All right, so let's go to Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2. 
Hebrews 2 makes a good case for what we're talking about today. Hebrews 2, verse 1. Hebrews 2, verse 1. It says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. So just getting to a point where I got, I can hear, I got it now, doesn't mean we're going to hold it. Remember, just because you, you ride to a certain level don't mean you're going to keep it, all right? Verse 2, it says, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a recompense of reward. So that means that the word that the angels got was accurate and precise. They got the word, and if they didn't fall in line with it, there was a, there was a consequence, right? Look at verse 3. How shall we? Now, they didn't escape the consequences for, because, see, again, God is not giving a word as a consideration. He's giving a word for harmony. The more we hear, the more we agree, the more we obey, the more we're in harmony, the more his will gets done. So he's not going, hey, try this. God doesn't do tries. <laughs> it's not a try. This is what you need to be doing. And so when the angels, so remember, the angels don't, they hearken to the voice of God's word. Angels know enough, it's not a consideration when God says something. And those that saw it as a consideration, left heaven <laughs> like lightning, right? We got that so far? I'm just trying, triangulating some scriptures together, right? It says, uh, where was that, verse 3? It says, how shall, we, how, shall we, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? The word salvation means wholeness. This is sozo, wholeness, right? How, how shall we escape if we, ne- we neglect so great wholeness, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Everybody's confirming, hey, like we can have the whole package here. We can be super in this natural world, but we have to be whole to operate that way. We can't take on kryptonite and think we're going to be super, right? Does that make sense? And see, so, 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 why would somebody cheat themselves from this great salvation, this great wholeness, overconfidence? Like, like, why would you go, I don't think it take all that, I need that. Something in you says your confidence in your choices is greater than what you're being offered in humility to embrace, right? See, see, uh, I'll just give you the, the passage. You guys can read it for yourself. Some of you have read it. Backwards and forwards were 1 Samuel 13, 8 through 14. See, Samuel's impatience pulled him into presumption. His impatience, he just couldn't, like, there was things, we'll just go there. 1 Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel 13, right? Starting at verse 8. 1 Samuel 13, 8. Uh, let's see. All right, verse 8. And he tarried seven days according to the set time. Oh, that set times. That Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from, from him. So the people start scattering from Saul 
Because, okay, where your boy at? Like, like, we appreciate you king and everything, but we really like the fact that you got, <laughs> you got this great prophet. <laughs> you know, where your boy at? So, uh, verse 9. And Saul said, bring hither a burnt offering to me and a peace offering. And he offered the burnt offering. So, so now he's panicking because I need to do something before all the people leave. But the people that was leaving might have been the people that needed to be purged anyway. Right? But he panicked and felt that I'm going to do something to please the people. So he got in the presumption, overconfident. Bring me to Ephod. So you, you're doing Samuel's job now. Self-appointed. Remember? We just talked about this. So that's, that's, that's a faulty platform, right? It's a built-in weakness, right? And it says, it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of the offering, the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that he might salute him. <laughs> right? Again, lip service. 11, and Samuel said, what hast thou done? And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattered from me and that thou camest not within the days appointed and that the Philistines gathered themselves together in Michmash, therefore said I, the Philistines will come down now upon me. Look, look, he just created his own story. They'll come down now upon me to Gilgal and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself therefore and offered the burnt offering. I, I, put, I pushed myself on a platform that wasn't mine. Y'all see that? Uh, as in verse 13. And Samuel said to Saul, thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee for now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever? But now the kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be captain, leader, spiritual authority, we'll get into that Sunday, over his people because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. All he had to do is just be obedient. He would have been on the throne. His throne would have continued forever. We wouldn't be talking about the sons of David. We'd be talking about the lineage of Saul. Of, of, uh, Saul. But, but look, but he slipped this one time. The greater the level, the more responsibility you have, right? Too much is given, much is required, right? See, in this particular case, he made a move, but cost was not counted. He didn't count the cost of what he was doing, right? He just, out of emotion, I mean, I mean you, know, I'm, you know, I am king. Yeah, but you're not appointed to be prophet or priest. Don't just be taking stuff that ain't supposed to be yours. You're just trying to merge it all in. It doesn't work that way. See, presumption is overconfidence. It's, a, it's, what, it's what, what we call a falling confidence. Presumption is, is a falling confidence. As soon as you operate in this confidence, you're in, in route to falling. It's a falling confidence. And that's the thing. Is, it's so subtle how the adversary tries to weave it into our life. Um, uh, let's look here. Second Peter two, Second Peter two. And God is talking about this stuff in the Bible just to uh, either for some of us to repent, for some of us to uh, don't go there. You know, don't go there. Uh, verse uh, 
2 Peter 2, verse 10. It says, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh. Look, in the lust of uncleanness and despise government, any level of authority. Some people, they just don't like nobody telling them what to do. It says, look, presumptuous are they. Look, overconfident. Self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, of people that God has placed in authority. Right? And now, now another version of the New Living Translation doesn't, it describes dignitaries as supernatural beings. People that God has promoted in the spirit, supernaturally. It's just, just saying all types. So you have to be on, uh, you have to be overconfident to be blasting somebody that God has put in authority. You gotta be. Like, do, you know, you walk in the house, hey man, they pay attention to that fool. So I, even if the person's a fool, I'm, I, I, I just couldn't do that. To be blasting like that, I couldn't do that, you know. I'm not talking about, you know, a person's got clouded and lost their mind, and you're saying, man, I really believe the person's lost their mind. But you ain't gloating over the person, you know. But I'm talking about where you're, you're not living, you, you haven't set yourself apart, so you're not really, you don't know if you're seeing clear or not, but you're going to be speaking because you just don't understand or disagree. Well, how would you understand it without a sound mind? Like, how is that possible? Respectfully. All right, so Proverbs 19, 26 and 27. Look at this, even parenting. It says, he that wasteth his father and chases away his mother is the son that causes shame and bringeth reproach. It says, cease, my son, to hear instruction that causes to err from the words of knowledge. See, it's saying a person can be, an overconfident person can waste even the, the, the guidance of parenting. Because they operate in that, can't nobody tell me if they haven't been through uh, what I've been through, spirit. You know what I'm saying? But, but if you're not of a sound mind, how do you know that they haven't been through what you've been through? You're not even seeing that clear. You know, just because we haven't fallen in or slipped in or jumped in doesn't mean we haven't been through. I'll repeat that. Just because we haven't fallen in, slipped in, or jumped in doesn't mean we haven't been through. I told a young man, he said, man, I don't have your testimony. You know, you did all types of stupid stuff and, you know, God delivered you. I said, your testimony is you was around it and you didn't go through it. That's a better testimony than mine. You have more strength. <laughs> I said, you kidding? You could tell somebody how not to. I, got, I could tell somebody I, I fell in and I got out. You could tell somebody how not to fall in in the first place. You're just as valuable. But see, some people look at that person. Well, you can't. Yeah, Mr. Perfect, you can't tell me what to do. Yes, they do. They can tell you how. To, listen, they can tell you how they got their strength. And that same strength that kept them from, from falling in can keep you from going back in. See, this is the thing. Every temptation isn't a license to surrender. We've got to realize this. As we're growing and we're being proven and we're tempted to be zealous and overconfident and somebody comes up with an idea, an uh, uh, opportunity decision is not a purpose decision. Just because you're going to have opportunities, but that don't mean they're in purpose. That's why David says he's a man after God's own heart. Even when it looked obvious, shall I pursue? Even when it was with a skill set, shall I pursue? Even when it was what he was already doing, he still inquired of the Lord. Right? See, see again, there's a level of humility with that. 
But we think every time we're tempted to do something, well, I was tempted. <laughs> like, that, like that's the justification. Well, I was tempted. Hey, nothing I can do about it. <laughs> but every temptation is not a license to surrender. Scripture says this in Psalm 24. We always talk about the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Psalm 24, 1 through 6 says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hills of the Lord, right? Who can go to that level? Or who shall stand in this holy place? Who is in his position of sanctification? He that has cleansed hands and a pure heart. So, so you ask the question, and when you first start reading, you'd be like, can't nobody do this. But look at it says, there's people that can ascend to his hill and stand in the place with him. He that has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity or sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of salvation, wholeness. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek after thy face, O Jacob, Selah. Right? So, so, so the saying this, because we go, oh, can't nobody do that? But the scripture just says you can. It's right there in Psalm 24. But, but you can if you're overconfident, blowing off what God says, right? The scripture says, uh, you know not what hour he's coming, shall, he, shall you be found so doing. See, the overconfident person thinks, I don't have to do it. Remember the, uh, what is it, the, uh, the virgins with the lamps? So they all had an opportunity to light the lamps, right? But some of them was like, man, please, we good. And then when they, when they lamps burned out, I was like, hey, give us some of your oil. No, you had the same opportunity to make sure you had oil as we had. You could have been just as anointed as we are. That anointing was available to you just like it was available to me. We paid the price. Go get your own oil. Go pay your own price. Why now they're going back to pay the, pay the price too late, the, the master comes, takes the ones that, that got the lamps and the oil because they were watching. Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. There you go. Then they come back and go, master, let us in. No, 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 no. He said, but we, we cast out demons in your name. We heal the sick, raise the dead. He said, oh, no, depart from me, you worker of inequity. I don't know you. You weren't consistently in my presence in the spirit realm. You took me for granted. You was overconfident, presumptuous. All right? Uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 2 says this, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. See, the thing about being found faithful, you would have to be faithful all the time to be found that way. Right? You would have to be consistently faithful to be found faithful. Right? Can we be found faithfully? Uh, let's see. For the sake of time, let's go to Isaiah 26. Again, we're talking about the presumptuous test. We're not going to get into all of it. We'll probably get into taking things for granted next week and then get into some other stuff. But uh, Psalm 20, no, Isaiah. Thank you. Isaiah 26. And so, so it's not, Pastor Keith is just, now, listen, I, I like to be celebrated like the next person. I like to be valued like the next person. I just don't want to be relaxed. OK, 
Okay, that's probably not a good word. Um, well, let me explain. Because I'm not talking about relax where I sit around the house and relax. I'm talking about um, I want to maintain my presence in God regardless of what's happening in our lives. Like I never want to like just get overconfident. Um, and actually, I've been studying uh, generals for years. Um, this guy showed me some things back in the early 90s. And, and I just watch how that's where the Lord showed me. He said, Keith, they didn't fall when you saw them fall. They fell way back in the preparation stage, in this stage, on, on what they were supposed to do today. Not what they're supposed to do when they get where they're going. And they fall back then is because they didn't do what they were supposed to do today. Right? And, and once I learned that, man, I just, I've just been locked into it ever since. That's why the Bible says, not, uh, let another man praise thee, not with thine own mouth, not with thine own lips. I live by that. I don't, you know, if we, if we plan out there, I'd probably be playing around. But if we playing serious basketball, I'm not talking. There ain't nothing to talk about. If you talk trash to me and I get you, I'm still not talking. I'm just going to leave the court. Ain't nothing to talk about. You know, because, again, the Bible said, let another man praise thee, not with thine own mouth, not with thine own lips. Right? And so I, I just try to live by that. You know, I try to live by, by just, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you know, I don't want to even get, get fed into being Herod. You know, he's speaking. He's God. Yeah, I am, ain't I? Ate up, start getting ate up with worms from the inside out. Right? Got overconfident. Took glory that, see, we were not designed to carry glory. That's what happened to some of these movie stars. People started, you, you see these thousands of people in stadiums, I'm not going to say no names, crying, ah! <laughs> worshiping. And the person, instead of deferring that glory to God, they can't if they don't know God, they absorb that glory. That's why they lose their mind. That's why they start messing their bodies up. That's why they have to try to take all types of drugs in because they're not designed to handle that glory. And so now they're looking to quench that thirst that they wasn't never supposed to take on. They're supposed to defer that to God, right? And so we try to take, that's why the Bible says all things you do, you do to the glory of God, right? It'll keep you, keep you humble. You ain't, we, we, we don't have no ministry. We don't have no church. We don't have, it's God's. We're the vessels, but we try to, everything is always focused on us. That's dangerous. It's, it's called conceit. I'll get into that another day. All right, so uh, did I tell you go to Isaiah 26? Verse 10. It says, let favor be showed to the, it said, let favor be showed to the wicked, yet he will not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness will he deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. See, again, what he's saying, when people are twisted and they're clouded, you can give them favor, and they don't know how to appreciate it. They take it for granted. They're so overconfident in themselves. This says that person will still, favor was given to them, yet they won't learn righteousness. See, the, whole, the purpose of favor is to, is, 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 is to trigger appreciation, right? It says, it says, yet they will not learn righteousness in the land of uprightness will he deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. Man, I got favor. I don't even deserve this. That should drop you to your knees. Not have you stick your chest out. Right? Verse 12. 
it's, uh, where is it? Uh, it says, uh, Lord, thou wilt ordain peace for us, for thou hast wrought all our, all our works in us. That's a person that recognized I get peace because I know all the works in me came from God. He's working in me to will and to do his good pleasure. My confidence is on him. He's going to do work. He'll perform it. He not only will call me, but he'll also do it in 1 Thessalonians. So I understand that there's no competency of myself. We'll get, we'll get into that in uh, spiritual authority, but, but it's not my competency. That's that, that's that arrogance, that conceit, and that's that overconfidence. You know, it's all about you. And it's hard to say we. It's hard to say glory to God because you want the attention. It's, it, that's dangerous, man. That's a dangerous place to be in in life. Uh, Isaiah 29.15, Isaiah 29.15, I'm going to read it to you. Um, if you want to get there, you can, but Isaiah 29.15 says, Warn to them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord, and their works are in the dark. And they say, who sees us? And who knows us? Like, basically, they're so overconfident, they actually think what they're doing, they're going to get away with. The Amplifier says, woe, judgment is coming to those who try to deeply hide their plans from the Lord, whose deeds are, are done in a dark place, who say, who sees us or who knows us? There's a level of overconfidence and compromise. Right? The Bible says God sees that. Uh, Ecclesiastes 8, we've talked about it a lot here, verse 11, it says, because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, men find it in their heart to do evil. What it's saying is when, when people do wrong and they don't get the, the punishment right away, they're going, oh, I got away with it. No, God has given you an opportunity to repent. He's given an opportunity. The Bible says he's slow in the shadow of turning, meaning he's giving you an opportunity to make a change because he's a loving God. Oh, but there's definitely the wrath that's coming down on that. There's a consequence for that, Right? And, and, you know, and those that are in the Lord, a, a lot of us in the Lord, you, you, allow that, you allow people to do stuff. You know, you, on the front end, you may look like boo-boo the fool, but vengeance comes from God. We'll talk about that in spiritual authority, too. So you're like, okay, he might be taking his time, but he coming. <laughs> right? It's true. You know, and, and so, so this is a reality that we have to deal with as God is trying to get us to just humble ourselves so we can be exalted. That's all. He's not trying to punish nobody. It was just like, like you and I never going to, I see you want to be exalted. You want to be promoted. You want to be in position. All right, embrace humiliation. That's a curse word to some people. They're re, most people's, a lot of people's reflex, I'm not going to say most people, that's not fair, but a lot of people's reflex is saving face as opposed to embracing opportunities for humility. That's how we actually get elevated. That's how we get exalted. Humble yourself on the side of God, you be exalted. I'm kind of merging messages because I'm going to talk about that in spiritual authority, but it's the same principle. Look, look, uh, let's see. Uh, Proverbs 30, I'm going to read two verses, and then we got to transition out. I have to get to some of this other stuff next week. But Proverbs 30, verse 22. I'm going to read 22 and 32. It says, under a servant, when it was, it's talking about all the things that, 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 that is it's amazing or it's like crazy, you know. 
<laughs> you know, it's like we're talking about the ant, the, you know, the spider that lives in castles and stuff like that. But it says it's amazing uh, how he was watching how people are under, uh, how they watch people that's under servants when the servant is reigning or under a spiritually blind fool, a fool, well, a fool when he is filled with food. Like when he's saying this, I was watching a fool when he's filled with food, he don't know how to act. When he's gotten what he wanted, he don't know how to act. He can't handle it. Uh, overcome. You ever see somebody, they just do one little thing successful or, or, even, or you know, when they get older, get a new car, get a new house, all of a sudden you can't tell them nothing. Like, like God has a lot more than that. We should learn that from Saul. Saul was a king of the kingdom. And what did, what did Samuel come and tell him? Man, do you understand your throne would have lasted forever? It wasn't just about you being a king right now. It was about your legacy. So you forfeited. You're a temporary king for a few years, and it's going to be evil in your kingdom and in your kid's kingdom all this time just so you could be a rock star for a little bit? But he's saying that's how people, that's how a fool is, or what I call a fool spiritually blind, uh, when they're filled with food. Verse 32 says, Look, if thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thyself, cover your mouth. Shut up. Look, it didn't say when you lift yourself up sometimes or that sometimes you should be lifting yourself up. It said if you're lifting yourself up, shut up. Right? Because it's saying that person is a fool. They don't realize pride comes before the fall. Right? That's the scripture, but pride comes before the fall. All right, so we just wanted to... Uh, I just want to give you guys just a little taste of, of, of processing through the presumptuous test, the overconfident test. I have a, you know, a few more nuggets on that and, um, and uh, just, just how it leads to taking some things for granted. Because God just wants us. See, when God gives us this information, we're going to be at elevated positions. And this is the thing. Sometimes we have positions that we've never had. I, you know, when I was at... Um, working at the university with the, with the uh, football team, these guys, they had Division I scholarships, and they had been um, Mr. Football in their state. So, you know, you Mr. Football the whole state. So this is, oh, this is North Carolina. So imagine Mr. Football in North Carolina, not Charlotte, the whole state. And so everywhere this person went, they're celebrated this and the other, but then they come into a university, the Division I university, everybody was Mr. Football. Everybody's captain of the football team. Everybody won state championships. But they come in like, because they got to a point where some, maybe people pacified them where they were running their team. I mean, ain't nobody doing that. We, we changed that up. We ain't doing that. We're doing this over here. They come into the university and people are getting on them, breaking them down, practice, cussing them out, this, that, and the other. And they're like, we ain't do this at our university. You ain't there. I mean, we ain't do this at our high school. And the whole state was treating them like they're a celebrity already. They get to the university and you're treated like another player because we got a goal here. We have something we're trying to achieve that, that, that's way beyond what you've already achieved. And if you achieve what we're trying to achieve, it's going to take you to a place of your dreams. Everybody can't handle it, so they get overconfident. Somebody gets drafted, it's a wonderful thing to get drafted. But you know how many people got drafted and just played a couple years and maybe didn't even finish the year out? It's one young man uh, from the Ohio area. He gets drafted. I think he was the number one draft 
choice in the whole draft. So initially he got money. He might have lasted a couple years because what they found out is he barely worked out. He could, I was a basketball player to lift more weights than he did. But it, he got away with it. He got away with it in high school, and he got by with it even in college. But he couldn't get by with it at the next level. So that overconfidence caught him. Now, I ain't heard of that guy. I don't know what happened to him. Literally, like, no speaking engagements, nothing. No ESPN Sports Center, nothing. Like, nothing. And, and that's what happens. I'm talking about sports, but in our life, can we get, this is what God told me, and I re, I've said this before. God is saying, Keith, if I can get y'all to stay the course for what I have for you. He says, I, very, I rarely get people that stay the course. Like, they, 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 they get overconfident. They get fearful. They get scared. They do everything but just, just trust me through the process and get all that I have for you so all the people coming behind get it all like I have for them. He said, can I get somebody? Stay the course. Stop looking around. Stop looking around. Oh, my God. What's, is, is, are we there yet? Don't even worry about that. Just be obedient. Most of the people don't fulfill what God says because they have their time clock. We got to calibrate our time clock to God's. And delay, uh, uh, Pastor Ford, the church I was at, it's his dad always told him that delay is preparation. You can tell there's a delay. He's preparing you for something. And I never forgot that. I, 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 I always think about if there's, if, if there's a delay, there's something else I need to learn. My, this is where I've been ever since I heard that statement. That's how I'm in my life right now. There's a delay, and there, there's been some things delayed in our life. But I just look at it and say, okay, there's something else I'm being prepared for. Now, obviously, I'm not ready for that yet. Not, I don't understand why I'm dealing with this. Why I'm going through this. Nobody else is going through this. Nobody else is going to get my blessing either. All right, so that's, that's, that's all for the day on the uh, unproven and the presumptuous test. Just kind of wanted to kind of, you know, just get us ready for, you know, when this stuff starts pouring on you, man, it's, it's going to be, if you're ready, you'll be, able to, you'll be able to keep on moving. If you're not, it'll just overwhelm you, man. And, and 